0: What is up everybody? Welcome back to Unbroken Arrows. I'm Katherine.
1: And I'm Greg. We have several recurring themes on our podcast. And one is that we do and will continue to support our veterans and our active military. I will start today's Unbroken Arrows podcast with a bit of my why. My grandfather, my mother's father, served in the military I have uncles on both sides of my family that served in the military. My father-in-law, Holly's father, and both of his brothers served, as did her two uncles on her mother's side of the family. Stephanie's father and brother, which are Catherine's grandpa and uncle, both served. Two of my nephews were in the Army Reserves, one of which was deployed three times. My son, Elliot, is active duty Air Force. My daughter, Sydney, is active duty Navy. I had the honor and the privilege of being with Sydney aboard the USS Abraham Lincoln for the last seven days of her 2022 deployment on that boat. During those seven days, I had only a glimpse of the jobs these young sailors do, the sacrifices they make, and I was aboard that boat for seven days. They were aboard the boat for just under eight months. Elliot has been deployed to Qatar. He was stationed in Guam for four years and is now preparing to move his family to Europe for his next assignment, which is going to be a minimum of four years. I can speak directly to the pride that Holly and I felt when our children chose to serve their country. As parents, though, that did not and does not mean that feeling of pride made it any easier for us. It is not the same sacrifice that those serving are making. But members of the families that have served and are serving are making a different sacrifice. So if anyone might wonder why supporting the military and supporting our veterans is a recurring theme on the Unbroken Arrows podcast, this, in part, is the why. Our guest today is Mark Richardson. Mark is the business development director and a current board member of Take A Vet Fishing. Take A Vet Fishing started in 2012 and its base of operation is in Kenosha, Wisconsin. The events hosted by this organization center around providing each participating veteran an opportunity to experience a therapeutic day of fishing. And their plan moving forward includes continuing to show our nation's heroes the healing power of the outdoors and to provide them with additional resources to battle post-traumatic stress disorder. Mark, we would like to welcome you as our guest on the Unbroken Arrows Healing Through the Hunt podcast.
0: Thank you so much for inviting me on and thank you for what you guys are doing with with your podcasts and your, your reaching out and yeah, I'm looking forward to it a lot.
1: Awesome. Could you share with us just a little bit of the history of how Take-A-Vet Fishing came to be?
0: Sure. Um, Well, back in, basically in 2011, um, our president, Jay Garstacchi, and our co-founder, one of the co-founders, Rob Blancher, uh, were introduced by a mutual friend. Both of them had a similar idea in mind, and so they got together and created Take-A-Vet Fishing. Did a very small, impromptu, event where a few a few guides came out and took some veterans fishing literally cooked hamburgers and hot dogs on a grill and it went really what really really well so they thought let's do this let's do it again so the next year they formalized the organization in 2012 and that's how that's since then it's been organized as a um, as a nonprofit and um, organization to really just we call it a day of giving back to just give back and say thank you to veterans and their families for their service that's kind of kind of what take of at fishing is in a nutshell and fishing is a good way to bring people together as you know with your your focus the outdoors does wonders for for people and you know we felt the, the same way when it started uh fishing therapy is a good thing and uh it makes people relax and and forget trouble and try to make that day better than the one before
1: yeah. And that was, that was one of the things that, uh, I was going to ask is, you know, why fishing? Why did the founders decide to focus on, on a day of fishing? And, and just to add to that on your, on some of your literature, there's a statement that says fishing is much more than just a relaxing pastime. And I, I, I couldn't agree more, but why fishing?
0: Well, um, Jay was, Jay was a tournament fisherman. Rob had a, t- has a tackle company that he works, um, Works uh, that he started, and that's kind of how they met. They're at a at a um, outdoor expo, hunting and fishing expo, and and got to meet each other there. So it was a natural thing to lean to because that was their expertise and that's what they knew. And Rob was a veteran, there's you know, and uh, you know, it just uh, uh, kind of blossomed from there. So sure, um, sure, yeah. And this program has
1: existed for twelve years now. How many? Yeah participants have you had total? Do you have numbers?
0: Well, the, the website information is a little bit dated. Um, it just never had updated over the last year, but basically we've had over 5,000 veterans fishing since 2012. So it's been, it's, the growth has been tremendous. Um, most of the events um, average between, oh, 50 or 60 to over a hundred veterans per event. Um, so when you do nine events a year, you get, you get a lot of people out there on the water and, um, it, uh, you know, and it's just a, it's just a great way for them to, to enjoy the day. Um, forget about any troubles they may have and get their families involved to, cause as we know, they're, they're a part of it too. So
1: sure. The program, uh, slogan is a day of giving back. So what does a day of the event or what does the day of the event uh, look like?
0: Well, they're a little different uh, depending on our location. The majority of our events are in the upper Midwest. This year we'll be doing three in Minnesota, two in Wisconsin, one in Michigan, one in Illinois. And we also do events down in the Tampa area in Florida. Now, the upper Midwest, essentially, on our website, the veterans sign up for a particular event they'd like to be a part of. And on and the, our guides do the same thing. And by guides, we do not they don't have necessarily have to be professional guides. They can be. And many of them are veterans as well. But it's just usually somebody wants to volunteer their time boat and boat and get somebody on the water. And then we have a, an area for volunteers to sign up. Uh, we'll, we'll need help with setting tables and uh, boat launch and parking and cleanup and all that kind of thing. And uh, we generally have no issues finding participants, because it's a great day for everybody involved. And then um, so some events are fishing in the morning. Some events are fishing in the evening or in the afternoon. So we'll either have a breakfast before the event where we have our honor ceremony, where we'll post the colors, thank all the veterans for their service of the different eras or or wars they may have participated in, um, as well as their families, uh, have the national anthem sung, and then have a program where we'll have speakers Come and talk about different. Maybe a vendor or a sponsor or a donor may come and thank the veterans, um, just to recognize their service of that day. And then the afternoon will be will spent on the water fishing, which is where the the relaxation really comes in. It'll be flipped, flipped. So sometimes we we'll do a morning fishing, and then we'll have a lunch and and an afternoon ceremony. In Florida and the events down there, we we charter larger boats because they go offshore eight to ten miles, and we'll get roughly 70 veterans on one of those boats and we'll do a morning ceremony and they'll fish in the afternoon so one way or the other um, sometimes we have one one vet per boat sometimes we have two or three per boat and then we'll have uh, pontoons and larger boats for veterans that may have physical needs to consider to get them out in the water wheelchair bound or just shaky on their feet whatever it might be but that's one of the things that we've never not been able to get a veteran on the water fishing. So we're pretty happy with that because we have a lot of good helpers. We pick good elf, good uh, locations to do our events so we make it easier on the veterans. Because safety really is really paramount in what we do. We, we, we will not do an event if it's not safe.
1: I'm sure that that is a critical piece of that. Are there any requirements uh, for the veteran participants in the program?
0: Um, not really. The... Um, just uh, wanting to have a good day, really, is what it is. We, they can be peacetime veterans, wartime veterans, any era, any war, male, female. We, it, it doesn't matter. We just invite them all, and and we talked about the families before, but we also invite the families to be part of the sometimes the fishing because sometimes the the veterans will need assistance. Sure. Out, out, over and above what we can do, um, but most times the the families will 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 stay for the the ceremony and, and uh, the speakers and then the fishing will take place either before or after that so but the more people we get involved with, the better because that's where um, families deal with it too they live with that those memories and those hardships when the their loved 0 is deployed or or in a war zone or injured or whatever it might be so
1: okay your literature mentions that two of the biggest mental health concerns that many veterans deal with are post-traumatic stress disorder and depression. So what are some of the resources that your organization provides?
0: Well, post-traumatic stress is, um, you know, and we also, we we not only provide that for veterans, but also their families. One of the really blessed things that happened since we've started is our growth has come to the point over the last several years, where we're able to fund the treatment and travel and lodging and whatever it takes to get treatment for a veteran, whether it be TRP therapy through 220, veteran service dog, equine therapy, we, we have partners in there, stellate ganglion shot, which is a medical procedure. We pay for all of that. We, we, there's no okay. charge for the veterans for any of that, and there's no charge for any veterans for any of our events. We, we pay for, we pay for hotel room. If they live outside of 60 miles from the event, we pay for a hotel room for their night. We pay for their food. We, we, we just make sure that there's no pressure or concern for the veteran to worry about. And we want to make sure it's worry-free. But yeah, some of the, um, one thing I want, I do want to point out too, getting back to our events, we do not do any fundraising at the events. We have, we've have we have a rule where when we're putting on a take about fishing event, we do not take donations at all, we've had. It's been kind of. It's it's funny in a way. We've had people want to give donations at those events, and we've tell them no, and sure. they get a little irritated at times with it because we won't take their money. Mm-hmm. And um, but we say, you know what? Talk to me tomorrow. Mail me a check. Go on the online. But we're not take because that's not what it's about today. It's about those veterans and their families today. So we we make right. sure we do not do that. Let's um, just say I just wanted to add that because it, we don't do any selling. The, the sponsors and donors who speak at the events don't, they're not there to, they're there to thank the veterans for their service. Then that's, that's what it's all about. They appreciate it. They don't do any sales pitch for anything that they might be doing. It, that's not what it's about. Um, all that can come down the road when they, when people rethink and look at, what, look at our sponsor list and things like that. Twenty two zero is is one of our, probably our most popular PTS treatment partner it's a it's all done by zoom i mean you don't you don't have to you don't have to fly anywhere it's a it's a it's a protocol where they in essence try to detach the fight or flight mechanism from the trauma they don't necessarily have to relive the trauma they just have to acknowledge it but it kind of it kind of makes that trauma is weird in a way you know when when people go through trauma it can be through whatever we and, and that's the other thing. We don't care where the trauma came from. It can come from something that happened while they're in the military. It could come from something their their childhood, an accident, whatever it might be. But those things get written to your brain kind of like a hard drive on a computer. And there's certain triggers that'll bring those out. And it's it's trying to make sure those triggers get separated from that event so they don't cause the reaction and the the triggering and the emotional distress and anxiety that that comes along with pts it's been a great program um service dogs most people or with that vtt uh, service dogs in lions illinois is one of our partners wonderful group we pay for the dogs we pay for the train we pay for the veteran to be you know if they have to have lodging there we'll pay for that too that's that's amazing amazing system what they, that they have to keep these veterans, you know, to make the best life that they can have, whatever it might be.
1: Absolutely. Um, if I could, Mark, one of the things yeah. I just wanted to, and, and correct me if I'm wrong in, in my description, but you referred to twenty two zero, 0 And um, my understanding is that um, there are, the statistics show that 22 veterans commit suicide each and every day. And yep. the goal would be zero. And correct. and that is where the name of that organization came from. Twenty two zero.
0: That's correct. They depending on the stats you look at, around twenty two, give or take. Mm-hmm. There's different statistics out there, but twenty two is a, is generally the the number most most used for how many veterans commit suicide in our country every day. And anything we can do to prevent that, obviously, is as, as as you know. It, it, that's why the more people that are aware of what's happening and there's resources out there that can be utilized through us or other groups you know that's what we're trying to do, create as much awareness as we can and help as many as we can
1: sure so, and you mentioned um family members and uh-huh. and and you said that they're an important piece of this as well you, and you said that the family members actually go on the boat with us uh, or some of the family members go uh on the boat with the veterans
0: Typically, they, they do not unless that veteran needs some special some help assistance. that we can't provide. Um, some yeah, but otherwise, we we encourage and welcome them to come to the to hang to stay for the the ceremony because they all go through it and it's a, it's an emo, th- those those events are emotional. They're happy. they're inspiring. You know, just by when you see a veteran coming off a dock with a big smile on their face, whether they caught a fish or not. It, it, it means a lot and when the families see that, you know, and many of the veterans that we have actually suffer from PTS that come out on the events. Not all, but many do. And um that sometimes that one day that you know that they can relax and not think about it can can do wonders for someone. It can prompt them to get the help they need. You know, they they sometimes they're just afraid to talk to you. when they see us out there and we have resources and we're we're able to be we're accessible. We want to make sure they know that they can talk to us because we have resources it can can make a, a huge difference in their life. Just sure. uh, just that they see that somebody cares, you know, and that and the, and the the fear of whether from pride or whether it's just from fear or, or embarrassment over it might be, once they get past that. Their, their their lives can be changed forever it's it's amazing so
1: absolutely and and we've visited a couple of times prior to this uh, recording of the podcast and one of the things that i found interesting was you described to me how the 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 pts can actually extend to the family members of right. of the veterans not just the veterans how how does that or you know, how have you seen that and 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 are there are your resources available for the families there too?
0: Absolutely. We, we, we not only fund the treatment for veterans, but their family members as well. And, and the, the thing about when, when there's a, someone suffering from a post-traumatic stress, they're triggered and the family members live it right along with them. So they create their own anxiety many times, be just from the simple fact that they're witnessing what they're going through. And it, some, and, and The levels of that are all over the board. People are people. People are different. They can have severe. It can be mild. It can be, it really doesn't matter. It's affecting them some way. And when the family members see that, they, it's almost like post-traumatic stress by association, especially with, with the spouse and the kids. They see that we had a veteran, more than one actually kind of, kind of give an example where they're, something will trigger them in the night and they're up patrolling the house at night and You know whether or not it's it's uh, something that's real. That's how they perceive it, and that and they live through that. The family lives through that. We have another friend of mine who and and donor who has family members grew up and saw lots of bad things in in Vietnam, and she's so she's had triggers from multiple family members, and then that. So when she sees those triggers, it triggers emotions in her, which can cause anxiety and depression. Sure. So that's something that people kind of forget about is that, that by those family members living that they're also experiencing that. And it, it can be a weight on their mind too. So anytime we can, we can help that because we you don't want that stuff to get out of control. It's kind of like a fire. If you see a small fire, put it out right away. Don't let it grow, you know, and that's kind of how, how, how I look at it anyway. So sure. anything we can do, that's kind of how we do it. So, mm-hmm.
1: Sure. Now, uh, someone might be wondering, you know, why we are inter- uh, interviewing somebody from um, Kenosha, Wisconsin. And there are some organizations that, that uh, do limit the participation of, of the people, maybe to the state as to where this organization is located. But um, Take a Vet Fishing does not. So a veteran from South Dakota, where we're located, or Minnesota, or Iowa, or whatever, could make application for uh, attending an event. Correct?
0: Absolutely, we welcome from anywhere. Um, obviously, we, one thing we, we don't do and we can't is provide transportation. But sure. if if, an, if a veteran can get to our event, we we would love to have them. We've had we've had, for instance, at the at the Minnesota event, we've had veterans from South Dakota and Western minnesota here we've had them from iowa we've had them from southern illinois come to our illinois event and that's that's a long drive but but it's worth it to them because they some a couple of more experienced that they've been to multiple events and they they know the kind of day it is and and uh, sometimes that that little refresher when they come back is what they need to you know to get through another another year essentially no we welcome from all over that's what We would love to expand to every state that that's always been our goal whether or not we can logistically and financially that's the those are the two things that get in the way um but we've we're fortunate to have much of our team here in the upper midwest so we can do multiple states and then also in florida we can we can get those set up we're not set up like a chapter say like pheasants forever or or ducks unlimited things like that Mm -hmm. we don't have chapters um, and the reason we don't do that is because we, we're pretty hands-on, so we want to make sure our events go well. We always look at, you're only rem- you're remembered by your very last event. So if we have a bad event, that's what people remember. So we have had not had that. And yes, there's a lot of running around and a lot of things in the background that people don't see. There's always hiccups and hitches that you got to work through. But in the, at the end of the day, when we see those, those veterans and their families having a great day which happens every time. Um, that's what it's about. So sure. Where does most of the financing come from then? Is it mostly donations? It's, it's all donations. Um, we're very fortunate to have few, um, larger like great clips organization the the, the hairdresser company there they've been on board since day one, had it not been for that company, we wouldn't be around. They still are. They do a ton for veterans that, People don't even under, don't even realize they don't advertise it, but they do a ton for veterans. But honestly, most of our donations come from ordinary people. We we try to. I mean, yes, we have a, we have hundreds and hundreds of small donors, and by small it could be anywhere from five bucks to a hundred or whatever it might be. But that's also where the awareness is created. We we do many events. We do fundraising events as well. But we also go out and we speak regularly to VFWs and American Legions and different festivals, uh, county fairs, sporting events, things like that. In fact, this Friday, I'll be Jamesville, Wisconsin as the Jamesville Jets hockey team. I'll be setting up a table there just to it's all about creating awareness, because I always say when you're doing when you're fundraising for a for a nonprofit, which is the hardest. That's always the rubbish. you got to raise money. But there's a lot can be done. Without spending a dime, you know, just talking to people one to one, making people aware of what they're doing, because they'll talk to people, and eventually those those conversations fall in the right ears, and somebody makes a donation, you know, and that's kind of kind of where it's where it's at, and so it doesn't always have to be money. Granted, nonprofits need it, but right, right. the good doesn't have to always come from that. So, if someone wanted to make a donation, whether it's just a single person or a company or become a sponsor, how Mm -hmm. should they go about doing that? Well, we have, they can do, donations can be made through our website. We have a donation page on our website. Um, They can, so they can do it online. It's all safe and secure. We can, we can, they can mail a check to our Kenosha address. They could could mail a check to any of us on the board. As far as becoming a donor or sponsor, we we do get, we do get that. In fact, I just had a call yesterday from a local fellow here who saw me at a car where I do a local, we have a, f- a function here in Edgerton t- called Tobacco Heritage Days. And I did the, I do the car show down there, I set up a table. Well, he took my card and he's putting on a catfish tournament here on local body of water. And he's going to, the proceeds of go to take a fishing. So just that organic, you know, where you get that, that's just from simply going out and talking to people. And, and that's where, that's where I think it, it, it all has to grow from. I mean, you have to have some donors that, you know, can can cover much of your larger expenses but when it comes to the events it's all done by don't, it's all done by donation everything we do is done by donation and um we're we're very fortunate to have um as many donors and corporate and private that we have because they they really care about veterans um uh, want to see them succeed so anything they they help us out to to make sure they get that goal gets accomplished
1: and i and i see that uh on your upcoming events on the website, it talks about there's a, a bowling tournament, a fundraising bowling tournament in Arizona. So you know that yeah. speaks to the fact well, that it's it it is much more than than just uh, that local area around uh, Wisconsin.
0: Well, our um, that all came up because our our treasurer Michelle Eitzer, her some of her family lives down there, so they go down for you know a couple months in the winter time, and this year they've organized the bowling tournament fundraiser and which was happening this weekend actually and uh, it's full uh, so you know w- which is kind of neat because any awareness you can create throughout the country is you know you, you that's part of that's part of being a nonprofit is you, you got to network and you, you got to try to raise money it's a constant effort this is one of the things we do about it. It, it. it, you know, we'll have our resources down there to create awareness for people who need that. So all of our all of our fundraising events have that dual purpose of finding resources for people as well. One of the cool byproducts of our events is, when we put on a take Event fishing event, those people know many times who needs help. So we not only do we get to honor those veterans and their families, but we also find out many times who needs help and we can refer those to the, one of the groups that we do. So it's a, uh, it's always dual purpose, anything that we can do to create awareness, you know, that's, that's what it's about.
1: So one of the questions that, that I have, I guess, and, and I talked to you about this before and I asked, well, you know, would you ever have a, an event um, say, well, Lewis and Clark Lake is the, the uh, reservoir on the Missouri river between Nebraska and South Dakota. And and I'm sure there's logistics. And you said that you know you usually keep fairly close, aside for like the the Florida events. But if someone was listening in in and around here and said, you know, this is something I'd like to try to do, but I really don't know the blueprint. Uh, what mm-hmm. do I need to do to run a, a, an event like this? It, would someone who wants to start out really small, for example, or just maybe? talk to their local uh, American Legion post and and take a couple of vets fishing are there are there people in your organization that will talk to to others that have you know just that thought or that idea
0: Absolutely yeah one of the things that actually has been kind of we do get we get calls and emails from all over the country for just for simply that a veteran wants to go fishing and doesn't have the capability doesn't have a boat doesn't have a car whatever it might be. We've had a couple of occasions where honestly, the veterans said they're, they're terminally ill and just would like to go one more time. So we will actually, we'll research guides and VFWs and fishing clubs and things in their area, and hopefully hook them up with somebody who could take them out fishing. So we, we will do that as well. And um, we'll absolutely talk to people who want to take veterans out fishing because a lot of it, I mean, there's just, it's, a lot of it has to revolve around the safety part of it and making sure, you know, there's liabilities. You're going to, may incur if you're not careful with what you do we have actually we're we're one of our one of our um i call him our ambassador he's our pro staff fisherman dave van dorn he he fishes he's a total volunteer been with the group since it started but he he fishes over 150 days a year and he takes veterans out fishing all summer long it's it's amazing so that that part of thing has has grown so we're actually going to implement a program where we're going to make it a little more formal if we have a veteran it's in it's in the, kind of in the midwest area again cuz it's we got to stick close cuz that's where we're at sure but if we get a veteran who's looking to go fishing we'll have basically other volunteer guides as part of our program because t- we're getting to the point where we need we need to do we're getting the, enough requests where we have to add some staff and and we're going to be doing that. So we're, that's going to be kind of a test program this year with a couple of, um, of guides and veterans that we've known for many years. That kind of thing is, is is really good. In fact, that's that's a lot of times a good a good place for like if there's veterans, if there's a BFW or a fishing club person listening in, that's a great place to start because you can you can organize a small, you take you get get a few friends and and hey, we're going to do this for you guys today. And if you, you know, if you want to do something where you you come back in and have a few hamburgers and hot dogs a lot of times that's all it takes and and as they see and you start kind of small and as things grow it you know it, it could turn into something great just never know but yeah for sure we'll, we'll actually we, we get requests and um questions all the time about that so for sure
1: the, the number of volunteers that are needed to uh, organize and maybe to pull off an event like this, I'm, I'm, I guess I have the question as to how many you might need. But those that want to volunteer, uh, how do they do that? And then do you have, uh, again, just thinking, uh, being a member of uh, several different service organizations over my lifespan, like Sertoma, uh lions those kinds of things do you have groups um that that uh maybe of several individuals from a service organization that uh you know volunteer you get four or five six you know volunteers from different service organizations and and i guess my main question is how many volunteers does it does it take to organize or help pull off an event like this
0: well it depends on the size of the event our our one the, the event in madison on the madison cha- Chain of Lakes here in Madison, Wisconsin. That's kind of our flagship event. That's that's kind of where it all started. That's our largest event as, as well. So that one will have 100 veterans out there. That one needs, you know, 30 volunteers because there's, sure. there's lots of cleanup and setup. And now the one in Eagle River will probably have 50. You don't need 30, you need maybe 10 or 15. And, and we do have where not only service groups look to send people, we have donors and, and sponsors from different companies that will organize their employees to come down and help. They either do maybe do as a volunteer or they'll organize those employees to be guides, which is which is great because um it, it lets them give back to their, you know, give back to their company and uh you know in in their programs for that. In fact I just had a conversation with a, a potential donor yesterday, a large corporation nationwide, and asking me the very same question, you know, how how many event how many guides do you need? And can I Organize that to I said absolutely that anytime we we can have volunteers to um, help our events or or do some fundraising you know it just puts it just makes the that much easier for us to cover expenses for those for those uh, those events. And that's the other thing people can do too. I mean, if people want to go out and you know collect prizes for that we can give and gifts that we can give to uh, to dinner to at our events, that's great because we welcome all of that. There's a lot of ways people can help. Um, volunteering can help in many ways and many ways. And and we always look at volunteer or helping helps the helper too. Not only do you're helping the people that are the focus of the of the event. But you're also helping yourself because honestly, you come out of the events feeling pretty good about things, and your your outlook can can change your life, you know, be, just from simply helping out. As you know, as the reason why you do what you do. Um,
1: right. And 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 the thing, and, and again, you and I visited before, and one of the things that you mentioned was the the fact that the conversation whether it's between the families and volunteers or whether it's the veterans and uh, the, the people that are uh, the fishermen that they are they're taking them out it's it's the conversation that's part of that healing process
0: absolutely just getting people open up it, it is it's it's really weird when they're on a fishing boat out there quiet you know, you get off ashore and it's almost like everything else you, you forget about everything once you're offshore it's it's the strangest feeling as you know like when you're even getting out in the woods it's the same thing you know you you forget about that stuff and, and that's important because it clears your mind it uh, focuses on something different than than your normal stresses of life and uh, you know so so all that has a has a factor in the in the healing process for sure.
1: Absolutely. Now as we we start to wrap up here, are there any bits of information, phone numbers, uh, website, email addresses that you'd like to share with uh, listeners that might want to find out more about Take a Vet fishing and maybe possibly be a donor or a volunteer?
0: Uh, the best place and, and easiest place to go would be to go to our website, which is www.takeavetfishing.org. All of our information about us, about our events, about our partners, about resources we have, how to donate is all there. To reach out to us, there is a phone number on there, which goes to my phone, so I will okay. I can answer that <laughs> if they call. Um but they also, if you if you want to contact us through our website at info at takeitfishing dot that goes to all of our board members. So one of us will be able to answer the questions, get back to you on that. So part of my job is to handle many of those messages. And you can send a message to the website. You can you can send an email. There are several ways to do it. Just contact us directly because that's usually the easiest way to explain things, just directly. So, but yeah, that that's uh, that's it. A lot of a lot of what we've done is is strictly. Through word of mouth. People go to an event, love it. They tell their friends, they, they come to the event. They tell a friend, they find out a donor. It, it, they come to the event. It that's, that's, that's the best way I think to, to make it work because it means something to people then when they, when they follow up and actually come so
1: sure one of the things that i would ask if if it's possible mark is after the the first event or first and second event doesn't matter if you could reach out uh we'd love to have an update in terms of how the event went and you know how many participated and and uh maybe get some feedback with regard to that because this is something that i think that we would like to keep you know in the front of people's minds not just a one and done type thing so
0: no absolutely i um I'd, I'd be happy to do that. Um, I think, and the other thing I can do too is I put together a newsletter that I put out every about every six weeks. Kind of depends on the events that happen, but about every six weeks I'll put a newsletter out, which which goes to our donors and our supporters, which just lets them know what we're doing. We, I think we find it important to um, let the people who are supporting us know where their dollars are being used and what they're being used sure. for, and and to keep them engaged best we can because we can't talk to everybody. Um, we, I mean, try we try. To talk to as many as we can but this way it allows people to see what we've been doing how we've been helping veterans what kind of events we've been doing um and just keep them engaged because um it's important and, and that sort of thing can give rise to a fundraiser or somebody who needs help you know it's all kind, of, it's all it's all about that reaching out and networking and creating awareness and, there are many ways we can do that. So I'll get you on that. I'll put you, I'll send the latest newsletter to you and, and get perfect, you on it so you can keep, kind of keep track of what we're doing
1: too. That's so. great. Perfect. Well, Mark, thank you for your time appreciate uh, your willingness to uh, help us out and and be a guest on our podcast. We really do appreciate it.
0: Well, th- like I uh, thanks for the opportunity and thank you for what you guys are doing for for the folks you're helping. It's it's all a, it's all a combined effort and to make the world a better place. That's 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 all we can try to do, I guess. So
1: Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, one of the things I I mentioned here uh, as a reminder is that uh, you know the world is a better place with with you in it and we want to make sure that if you are suffering that you you do reach out for help. So if you are suffering from mental health related distress or are in a suicide crisis or having suicidal thoughts, call the suicide and crisis lifeline by dialing 988. And if you are a veteran in crisis, or the person you know is a veteran in crisis, then press 1 to be connected to the Veterans Crisis Line. Again, to all our listeners, take some time to get outside, get outdoors, and experience its healing powers. And with that, on behalf of Catherine and me, until next time. Thank you.